Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are the Batman. Uh, as as we predicted was going to be a problem, news is dropping more and more out of the DC camp because of James Gunn's belief in being upfront and honest and ahead of the game. So we're recording this on the Thursday before a new episode is supposed to drop and talk about some news that's broken down this week. And we've we've opted to just wait until Thursday to record our news because we know that if we record this on Tuesday, we're going to have to change it like four more times. <laughs> that's where uh, I said. Yes, it's the better play the yeah. second time and going <laughs> forward, hopefully the first time. <laughs> yeah. So much like much like DC, we we too are formulating a plan on how to adapt this show to the changing regime over at DC. And and speaking of changing regimes, uh, you know, following the news from last week in regards to Henry Cavill no longer being Superman, some things have been said by other cast members within the DC EU, coming from cyborg actor Ray Fisher. Now, as you guys know, Ray Fisher was one of the big pillars behind, like, getting the Snyder Cut made and released um, following just kind of claims and, and accusations he had against Joss Whedon, which, if for nothing else, kind of just confirmed a, a you know, decades-long career that has been plagued by these allegations all this time and, and we're now finally kind of paid attention to, but... Ray Fisher took to going after James Gunn on Twitter, dragging up certain tweets from the past, which was kind of, you know, par for the course as far as Joss we as uh, James Gunn goes and, you know, accused James, accused James Gunn of basically being fake and then deleting old tweets because now these tweets that they had, he can't go back and look at where this is kind of backfired, though, is Everyone and their mother knows that following the Disney situation with James Gunn, James Gunn has taken to kind of routinely cleaning up his Twitter. He uses software or something like that that goes back and tweets that are of a certain age get deleted like every three months or something like that. So everyone's been coming back at Ray Fisher and saying, no, dude, he's not deleting things to hide things like to, to cover things up from you. Cause it was Ray Fisher was looking for tweets of, involving him specifically. He's like, now suddenly you're covering this exchange up and it's like, no, I'm not covering anything up. I clean up my Twitter. It's not a good look, Matt. It's, it's really not. It's you told me to be nice. So I'll say this as nicely as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Fisher seems to always come up and come out about this stuff at a time where he doesn't have any attention. So the Snyder cut isn't really happening. Justice League doesn't do well. Suddenly he has an issue with Joss Whedon. Now that James Gunn is in the news and people are following him and paying attention. Now suddenly Ray Fisher has a problem with James Gunn. So I'm just wondering if like when they pick a director for this new cyborg movie, if he's like, oh my gosh, I have a problem with Ryan Coogler because he didn't let me be in Black Panther, and now he's doing Cyborg and he hates me. I, I don't, I don't know if that's intentional, but for me, it just seems to look that way. It's for me, it's it's less of he's mad about the attention not being on him because he actually has uh, a movie coming out soon or is out. It's with Samuel L. Jackson uh, and John David Washington. It's about. It's August Wilson's to the piano lesson. So, and it's, it's with a, it's with a huge cast. And so I'm kind of, I'm hesitant to say 
like he isn't working or anything. But what this does kind of feel like to me is he's probably figured out that he's not going to be cyborg anymore because it's pretty evident what James Gunn and Peter Safran are planning as far yeah. as kind of clean slating the DC films. And so he's he's more or less probably just kind of bitter about that as opposed to other actors, you know, Henry Cavill and, you know, another one we're going to talk about here in a little bit who have kind of just bowed out with grace and understood like, look, this is the business. Like this is the industry and this is, this is a big moving thing. And sometimes big moving things have to change. Yeah. But that's also from Henry Cavill and, and Dwayne Johnson, who's spoiler alert. We're talking about the Dwayne Johnson thing later. Um, who have been in the business a while. Ray is new to the film world. And, and, and they both have class. So yeah, Ray, Ray was kind of counting on cyborg and the DC thing to be his big career jumping off point. And other than this film, he has coming out here uh, with Samuel L. Jackson. I don't think he's really, you know, he's done anything else. Not really. my head. So it, it, it feels more like it feels more bitter like he's mad that this door is now just shutting and he's not happy about it. And it feels like he's, he's lashing out, like he's acting out. So I, yeah, I, I'm inclined to, uh, to just say Ray bow out, dude. And he's, he's left the tweet up as of, as of today when we're recording this. And it just kind of makes me feel like, dude, just, just admit your mistake, bow out and move on. Cause the longer you harp on this, the worse it's going to make you look. Yeah, because as I think we're going to get to, as James Gunn responds, clearly that it's not something he's doing intentionally. It's just something he has set up that his Twitter does. And, you know, I think you mentioned this the first time we recorded this, that even some of Ray's supporters are like, you're wrong on this. (laughs) So there was was an exact and it's it's hard for me to find out because it's been a couple of days since I saw the original tweet, but it was someone who said like, like I hate James Gunn. I hate what I hate the Cavill situation. I hate this idea, but you're wrong about him in this case. Like people yeah. who are people who are livid with James Gunn over the Henry Cavill thing are still stepping up and saying, "Hey, like, do you not remember the Disney situation? Like, th- like this kind of crap is exactly what he's trying to avoid. Is yeah. is 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 this kind of crap all over again? So, so yeah, it just I think I think. I think this is going to go away like really quick because he doesn't have much of a leg to stand on with this, but you know, it just kind of goes to show that not everybody is as classy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of some class following all of this, James Gunn came out with another uh, thread statement on Twitter speaking about just, just kind of continuing the conversation from the last one. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's it's like five or six tweets long, uh, but you guys can go to his Twitter and check it out. But he basically says, like, look, we knew when we did when we took on this job, we were we were about to make a lot of people angry, you know, and, you know, we knew people were going to be not cool about it. And we just want everyone to know, like, you can come at us all you want, but like we're making these we're not taking these choices lightly. We're making these these decisions because we think that's the best decision for the story going forward. And I think that's very classy. I think that's, and again, also very smart to say, guys, like you can, you can tell me to go fuck myself all you want. It's not going to change what's happening. Just 
you know, we're not doing this to screw anybody. Like we're doing this for the sake of the, for the sake of the art. Well, and I would all, I would almost say this, it kind of occurred to me over the last day or two is like WB didn't hire James Gunn to fix their comic movies. And then James Gunn went, you know, what would be a better idea if we just clean slated it. And Warner Brothers went, that's brilliant. Warner Brothers said, hey, James Gunn, we need you to clean slate this. Tell us what you want to do. I don't think clean slating this or letting all these people go is James Gunn's idea. I think he was hired to do what they're doing. That's what I personally think. Because, I mean, you're going to have a hard time convincing somebody who's, you know, been running this ride for the past eight, nine years that you're going to do these things. I'm at the point now where I really feel like Warner Brothers hired him specifically to do this. And it's the changing of the guard that has put all of the stuff in motion. And unfortunately, somebody like Henry Cavill is the collateral damage from that situation. Yeah. Like, because like even right now, thinking about it, like I'm just kind of sitting back waiting for the morning I wake up and there's a tweet confirming that Ben Affleck is no longer Batman. Like that's going to break my heart. I love Ben Affleck as Batman. I I think his take on what is essentially Frank Miller's Batman is fantastic. And I'm going to be I'm going to be really sad when it's confirmed that that's done. That, that won't we, happen until they admit they're shelving Aquaman 2 and Flashpoint. But, you know, yeah. we'll wait until March. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait until March. I know. But it just like you said, it's not, I I there's no there is no universe that exists in all the multiverse where DC doesn't know about this plan before hiring him. Like whether yeah. it was their idea or whether they said, Hey James, what would you do if we gave you this job? And he said, he, he's not going to not tell them. He's like, if you bring me in, I'm going to clean slate this and, and start over fresh. There's, there's no way that conversation wasn't had before they signed paperwork and gave him the job. So Correct. this is not, Hey James, come, come fix our DC thing. Okay. You got the job. Oh, really? Cool. Thanks. Now that you give me all this money, start over like that. That That's that's not how the world works. That's not how the film industry works. Like pen to pen does not touch paper until like money. Effect, especially, yeah. Yeah. Well, especially considering we've talked about before, like Warner Brothers Discovery is is not doing well financially right now. They've had a bad couple of years and they're trying, especially when in the D.C. camp thing. So they're trying to recoup some of that and do the best they can. We mentioned a few weeks ago, like they only had enough money in their budget for two major releases this year. And that was black Adam and the, uh, the Florence Pugh movie, uh, which name, the name of which I'm forgetting. And I don't know how that one did, but black Adam barely broke even. So, yeah, you know, so at this point and the one, speaking of black Adam, let's go ahead and go into the next part of this, which is Dwayne Johnson posted a statement. This one I will read, uh, where he said, my passionate friends, I wanted to give you a long-awaited Black Adam update regarding the character's future in the new DC Universe. James Gunn and I connected. Black Adam will not be in their first chapter of storytelling. However, DC and Seven Bucks have agreed to continue exploring the most valuable ways Black Adam can be utilized in future DC multiverse chapters. James and I have known each other for years and have always rooted for each other to succeed. It's no different now, and I will always root for DC and Marvel to win and win big. You guys know me. I have very thick skin and you can always count on me to be direct with my words. The decisions made by James and DC leadership represent their vision of the DCU going through their, the creative lens. 
after 15 years of relentless hard work to finally make Black Adam, I'm very proud of the film we delivered for fans worldwide. I will always look back on the fan reaction to Black Adam with tremendous gratitude, humility, and love. We did great. To my very passionate and vocal Black Adam superhero of genre fans, I love you, thank you, and I will always listen to you and do my best to deliver and entertain you. What a hell of a month, and now we all need some Terramana, ter- uh, which I think is his, his booze that he makes. Have a productive week and happy holidays to you and your families, Dwayne Johnson. So what we're getting out of all of that is as of right now, Black Adam, there's they're putting a, a pin in that. He's not going to be part of like this version of Black Adam that we've had is not going to be a part of the DCU going forward. However, both his message and something, a statement from James Gunn, I'm going to read here in a second, suggests we haven't seen the last of it. It just won't be a part of the story going forward. Yeah, what what this smells like to me is <laughs> we don't want you, but we want your ideas. So if they do a Black Adam movie, his production company will be involved, but he will not be the character. I think that is what I kind of feel. <clears throat> I, this I is kind of saying. I kind of feel the opposite. I actually think what they're saying is like you and Black Adam are going to keep coming with us, but this story, this version of Black Adam that you've built in this movie is not going to be it going forward. It's possible. I mean, you know, given the fact that he completely and totally failed changing the, of the power of the structure of power in the DC universe. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, you know what he did? He did change the structure of power. He made yeah, he it brought, all fall apart. <laughs> he brought about the change. He brought about the change. <laughs> it's not his fault. No, the writer and the director did not know what they were doing, yeah. nor understand. The problem with that movie is not the cast. The problem with that movie is the script. That's uh, at the end of the day. So uh, the, the, the problem with that movie is what I feel like happens to a lot of movies that when you watch it, you're like, this is bad, but I have to back my play because I've spearheaded this thing so long. It's also I, bad. I, I can't go, Hey guys, please go see it. I know it sucks, but, uh, you guys will like my energy drink and my tequila. Let's go. Yeah, you can't be a Josh Trank about it. No, I mean, look, they 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 stood, they stuck by their guns. I respect that. Now, James Gunn did respond uh, in two different ways. One way was he uh, retweeted and said, "I love the Rock, and I'm always excited to see what he and Seven Bucks do next. Can't wait to collaborate soon." The other was somebody responded to that tweet asking. Are you open to producing any Elseworlds DC projects that aren't set in the DCU? To which yes. James replied, that is actively happening. So yeah. they are going to play with some Elseworlds nonsense. And I think that's a fantastic idea. Look, I think we have the rare opportunity now with streaming services to do the crazy of crazy. What, what, what costs films what makes some film cost so much money is all the marketing and all, and not as much anymore because they're in the digital age, but like printing, creating the prints and sending that stuff out. I mean, all that stuff is very expensive, but when you have a streaming service where you don't have to do any of that stuff because you have subscribers that are already on your, your service, this alleviates so much of that cost, which means you can now put it into the show like, let's be honest here. I'm not trying to go too far on this rant, but like you don't get the volume, which now everybody is freaking using without, without, um, oh my gosh, the name of the place, Skywalker Ranch. What is that place called? Industrial Light Magic. Yeah. Yeah. Skywalker, all of those guys, 
having the ability to say, hey, we don't have to put all this money to distribute the Mandalorian. Let's up this technology. And now they can put the money into the technology, which then lets that show look so amazing. And let's not forget, you've got Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Adam, apparently, I just learned the other day. The Batman. These movies are now using that volume to make their films. So I think all that to say, you call an HBO Max series or Max or DC, whatever the crap the streaming service is going to be, Elseworlds? And now you can do what what if tried to do in in animation, but do it live action. I I was just going to say, like, like Marvel's already laid the groundwork for that kind of thing with what if like, yes, it was animated, but they got a majority of the original actors in to do voice for it. And the stories were fantastic. They were awesome. So, yeah, so so the 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 building blocks are already there. This the precedent has been set. So yeah, you can do a live action one or you can do animated. That's kind of what the beauty of a lot of the DC animated movies were was like they didn't really connect to anything. They were just here's this story is in animated and it was well, cool. And, and let's not forget like, you know, I don't want to say I know anything. I'm just putting this up there as a proposition is like Michael Keaton was willing to come back as Batman. Yeah. What if you tell an Elseworld story? about a Michael Keaton Batman. It's a 45 minute thing. Like they did werewolf by night and holiday special for MCU. Do these like elseworld specials that are 45 minute movies. You can have Michael Keaton come back and be Batman. You can have Brendan Ralph be the Superman prime. He was in the CW universe. Oh, that one. Okay. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm just saying like now with this elseworlds thing, you open the possibilities. We can still have Gal Gadot come and be wonder woman. Whatever we want to do with the Elseworlds thing, you don't have to get rid of the Snyderverse per se. You can still play in it a little. You can play in the Batman universe. You can play in the Keaton Batman. We can bring Christian Bale characters back. Heck, maybe they listen to our podcast and Joseph Gordon-Levitt will come back and be Batman. You know, you like you just don't know, and it opens up a world of possibilities. And I think that sounds pretty exciting in my book. Or we, or we could, or we could not uh, do some of those. <laughs> I mean, you know, they may do a Batman Beyond and Dolph Lundgren plays Batman. You, you, you shut up. You, sh- you shut up right now. <laughs> no, I mean, like, that. that is also one of those ways that if they wanted to do more with The Rock's Black Adam, they totally could. Like, like once you invoke the, the alternate universe card, anything's on the table. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to say... Oh, we don't want to invest the time and whatever to make a whole, you know, two and a half hour movie about it. So you don't have to. Like you said, like Werewolf by Night and the Guardians Holiday Special, on, both on Disney Plus, are amazing. They're little forty-five minute short films with, and and they're great. And they, the, I mean, they let Michael Giacchino, a composer, direct one of those, and it was yeah. one of the best things Marvel's done in a while. You know, James Gunn got to do the Holiday Special, and it was fun and festive and and so great, like. It's 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 low risk, high reward. And if you think about it, because I was thinking about this the other day, is if the third film takes place on nowhere, it costs them nothing to make that holiday special. They're using sets that are already built for a movie and Earth. (laughs) Yeah, like like the majority of that is just like. 
takes place in Kevin Bacon's living room. <laughs> like, you know, they were so smart with how they used the sets and, and yeah, sets that already exist for a movie they're currently filming and have filmed on before. And uh, it's, and a lot of it was just, you know, like at a bar, you know, yeah. on a street, you didn't have to, it was, yeah, you can film that for, for five bucks on a steak dinner. <laughs> so, well, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, I think, if he does that, I think it opens up so much more and, you know, you can get into the weird or get into bringing other people back or new things. I, uh, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine about the whole uh, speeding bullet uh, Elseworld story, which I always thought was really cool, which I don't know if you remember, if you read it, it's that Kalel's rocket crash lands on Wayne Manor property and Kalel slash Clark Kent, now called Clark Wayne, is raised by the Waynes. And then when they oh, get that's killed, amazing. Clark becomes Batman as an adult, but he has all of Superman's powers. That's so, a neat idea. So grabbing stuff like that would be fantastic. You know, do, un, do Under the Red Hood and use the cast I did a long time ago and let Eric Bana be Batman. You know, whatever. Have fun I with mean- it. In all honesty, and I've said this before, this has nothing to do with the news at this point. We're just, we're just, we're just off on a tangent. With Batman, <laughs> with Batman under the Red Hood, that voice cast is so good; those actors could just play those characters. And they get a bit long in the tooth, but I could see it. I'm just like, like you, you totally, like you could to, I can totally see Jensen Eccles being the Red Hood. I can one thousand percent believe Jason Isaacs as Ra's al Ghul. Yes, I, I don't know I, about. Neil Patrick Harris as Nightwing, but um, he's not in the movie that long. He's not in the movie long. Um, He's only in there for a couple of minutes. I think I actually used the Jason Isaacs one when I was pitching our DCU face to face. (laughs) Anyway, we're we're off on it. There's so much fun that can be had in the Elseworlds. And if if James Gunn is actively working in that, I'm a thousand percent on board because it's just it's just it's fun. And that James Gunn thrives in fun. Yes. So. All right. That's the news of the week. If anything, if, if anything else, by the time this episode drops has happened, we'll talk about it next week because it's it's the holidays. It's Christmas weekend. And I, as far as this podcast and my job are concerned, I am unreachable till Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. So with that being said, though, uh, uh, if you celebrate Merry Christmas to everybody, happy holidays, whatever the case might be for you this weekend. And Matt, anything else you want to add? No, Merry Christmas and enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, fun. It's a fun episode, guys. Enjoy it. And we'll we'll talk to you guys next time. Uh, here's some little transition music to take us into the next part of the episode. Woo! Blah, 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 blah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to We Are The Batman. I'm Mike. And this is Matthew. Uh, we are continuing with the theme that we've been doing for a little bit here, which is we're going through our top five episodes, just favorite episodes, not necessarily the best of uh, different uh, TV shows, animated shows, what have you in the DC and Batman adjacent realms. Uh, we've already done Batman, the animated series from the 90s. We've done uh, the, the first two seasons, the, the original Bruce Tim series. We've done Justice League. And uh, now we're going to split the atom a little bit more and do Justice League Unlimited, the uh, three seasons that came later involving a much more flushed out uh, slate of optional heroes, um, and just kind of gave DC a chance to flex a little bit. 
for three seasons, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, we're not ranking these. We're just naming episodes we really thoroughly enjoy and think are a great a great way to, if you've never watched the show, like these are the ones you probably should watch first. Um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be neat. Uh, Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm I'm always excited to talk about like some of these cartoons, especially these Timverse cartoons. Even though I feel like he may have gone off the rails later when he got into the direct DVD stuff, these these cartoons were peak amazing. And yeah. you know, I uh, I think before I've reported that my son has not been into it because of the style, but he has started to kind of you know, lean in a little more. So I think I'm going to actually get him to do a rewatch of all of these. And, well, uh, and if, he, so if, he doesn't take to, if he doesn't take to it, that's what boarding school is for. So you can just, yeah, just send him off. That's fine. I'll tr- trust me. If he was a girl, I'd have ended him by now, but he's the only <laughs> boy I have. So <laughs> screw it. We'll start over. We'll get a new one. It's fine. We have three um, other that's girls. Dark. <laughs> that's dark. <laughs> anyway um so yeah so we're not ranking these we're just listing them off we might have some in common if we do we'll talk about them and then uh we'll talk about whatever we have left and then uh we're treating as always we're treating two parters as one episode so yes uh, unless one of us just really hates one of the parts and wants to leave it out but for the most part we're treating it all as one episode so um with that being said matt i'm gonna let you go first man Okay, perfect. Now, I will say this. It was interesting going through that list because I had the DVDs of both of these seasons. Yeah. And then I think I re, you know watched it when it was coming out, watched it when I first got those DVDs. But there are certain episodes that when I was going through my list, I was like, I remember that episode. But it's been a long time since I've watched it, especially when you get into the later seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of these are ones that like I have intentionally gone back to. And so I'm going to start with one that might, I'm not sure if it's going to be on your list, but it's probably one of my favorites just because of the outstanding action in it. And that's grudge match. Uh, it's not online, but that's, that's a very good one. That's one of those where like being a martial artist, being somebody who likes action, watching something that is like, this is not just kicking and punching, like having them do, fakes and the choreography and and angling and and the like never in any cartoon at the time had the action been this intense and this thought out and it was just amazing and i love when they go you know they're doing the whole week because it's basically that they're mind controlling the women of justice league to come to this place and fight yeah and when they have the four of them and they're trying to beat each other up and they think they've they're going to be okay and then wonder woman comes out of the ground and you're like oh you guys are all dead <laughs> <laughs> so but but no i thought it's it's a fantastic episode like the whole weird black canary huntress rivalry comes to a head in this episode yeah, and the does. fact that they've been building up to it up to this point is amazing and look i think huntress steals this show like as far as the the show itself, anytime she's in an episode, she's fantastic. It's fantastic, and the same can be said for Question and Black Canary. So yeah. the fact that Black Canary and Huntress are both in this is great. You know who else is in this episode? Is your boy for like half a second? 
Nightwing. That's right. Yeah. For one, because they because it takes place in Bloodhaven. So at one point they're just there's like an aerial an aerial view of them going through the city, and you just see the silhouette of Nightwing, and it's 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 nice, but it's also like, oh, but yeah, he could he could have been on this show, guys. <laughs> Three seasons, you could have put him on the show. <laughs> It really is weird that he was not in the show. No one else from the Bat family is in the show. I don't even think Batgirl shows up on the show. Supergirl shows up, but not even Batgirl. So that was even not, in not only does Supergirl show up, her clone shows up, but not Batgirl. <laughs> well, and I also thought about like even in that last episode from the very last season when they yeah. they showed the gauntlet of every single character that's been there. I feel like you could have showed the bat family fighting people at that point. Yeah. So that's where, that's where in my mind, I'm like, was it rights issues at this point? You know, because I think it was, I think it was more of, they were just continuing their mission to have this not be a Batman show. That's possible. It's possible. But, but, um, match is great. Cause like you said, Huntress, anytime Huntress is an episode of this show, it's awesome. It's uh, that episode. This is her in question is so good. Yes, the weird romance between them, the double date yeah. episode where it's Green Arrow and Black Canary chasing after Question and Huntress. She's like, what is happening? This is great. So good. Oh, I'm into it. So into it. Now, this All is right, exactly one? why I picked Huntress as my live action HBO Max show. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. No, Huntress, Huntress is a cool character that has not been done justice. Like, yeah. I, I liked what they did with her in Arrow. It's it was not enough. Like there was more they could have done. Um, yeah, no, she is. That is a character who is, who is just fantastic. Yeah. All right. So my next episode, this is one of those, like, dude, I'm a huge fan of Michael Rosenbaum. I love Michael Rosenbaum. I know which one um, you're doing. His, his, his podcast is kind of touch and go, but yeah, yeah great, great brain robbery. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. it's so good. It's, a, it's not on my list, but it's so good. <laughs> well, and that's where, too, like these are ones like all of them are great, but these are ones like I literally just watched this episode a week ago because the there's like two or three scenes in that that just make it pure gold. Hey, aren't you going to wash your hands? Because no, <laughs> I'm evil. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Especially when you remember that. And I love this because so in, in the animated series, in, in Justice League Unlimited, Michael Rosenbaum is the voice of the Flash. He also played Lex Luthor in Smallville. And he voices another character that we will discuss in a little bit. That's um, true. <laughs> but yeah, Michael Rosenbaum being being the Flash in Lex Luthor's head is so good. It's so good. <laughs> yes. Well, and I, it, I'm a, one of those things. I'll watch every special feature on a DVD set if it's something I like. Mm-hmm. And they had a commentary on this particular episode. And they talk, basically had Michael Rosenbaum and Clancy Brown in the room at the same time. And they were showing each other how they would play their respective roles. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's amazing. I love so, that so much. I love Clancy of, Brown. So. Yeah. But I had that moment, like, do you really have to show Michael Rosamom how to be Lex Luthor? But I was like, no, this is actually a different Lex Luthor. So, yeah, you would have to. Yeah, because um, he's not because he's not he's not as evil in Smallville. He's becoming evil, but he's not there yet. Yeah. And of course, the other great scene, which I love, is when he's in the bathroom 
And he's like, well, at least I can find out who the Flash's secret identity is. He takes off the mask. I have no idea who this is. I have no idea who this is. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Just that, like, unless you're Bruce Wayne, maybe arguably Clark Kent, when you have a mask a hero, you're not going to have any clue who that person is. And I feel like... I feel like in this moment, Lex has that realization because I think everyone is so obsessed with finding out who these superheroes are and he finally gets a chance. And I think he realizes like, we're not going to know who any of these people are. We like, yeah, I'm going to pull the mask off one of these, one of these heroes and I am going to have no idea who they are. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This episode, I'm actually now the the more I'm laughing at it. I'm like, why didn't I pick this one? (laughs) I think it's because like, those moments are hilarious and they make me laugh every time. And there, that is writing genius. I think the episode as a whole is just kind of, eh, yes, <laughs> but, it's, but really it's funny. And then the other part that I liked a lot was, um, <clears throat> pardon me, is when you have Lex Luthor in the flash's body, Lex yeah. Luthor is insanely intelligent. So, the things he starts doing with Flash's powers when he like explodes the door and he's like, and Green Lantern's like, you know, yeah, that's why he doesn't do that. Yeah, you know, Flash knows better than to do this stuff. So you have that moment of like, the Flash is really, really powerful. He just doesn't do any of the things he could. Yeah, um, the, Fla- the Flash is arguably one of the most powerful member, one of the most powerful beings in the DC universe. He just doesn't do the things he could feasibly do because it could end all things. Yes. Yes. So, no, I, I think that uh, this is, yeah, that just, I just love rewatching it. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of it that's kind of ridiculous, but just those random moments of them, you know, that's not restful, you know. Because <laughs> I'm evil. <laughs> Because I'm evil. Gets me every time. <laughs> so good. Um, <laughs> well, next on your list? I don't know if you know this. Rosenbaum voices uh, the magnetic guy too. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Aren't you going to wash your hands? Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. So <laughs> I I know I read that somewhere, and I just I forgot about that. That's funny. Yeah, there's a number of those those guys. Like Powers Booth is Red Tornado. Yeah. They just hide his voice with all the mechanics. Anyway, all right. What's my next one? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna keep on the, the Rosenbaum streak, and I'm gonna go with Task Force X. Okay, that one's all you. I, I I for me it's fine. It's just not it's not even close to one of my favorite episodes, but it's 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 neat. It's the thing of this is I will admit like it is it's one of those random episodes that is so not about the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like it is to because I think a lot of times in a lot of these shows, even though you should have this with Batman is like. There are so many of these characters in these in the Justice League that like if Superman was just standing there and decided, you know what? I'm just going to kill Batman. You just reach over and snap his head and there's zero Batman could do. There mm-hmm. is a level of power. These characters have that as the viewer, we don't really think about because it's a team of heroes. We like, 
But to think about like, hey, you're about to send these four normal people who really don't have any powers into this, their home base to steal something like that would just be intense. That would be scary. That would just be like, what the crap is happening? And I really like that they took an episode to just kind of go, hey, how do the villains feel about these guys? And because like some of the villains, especially in this team, that's not like you're talking about maniacal. I'm trying to take over the world. People, you're just talking about people who have decided they're going to earn their money a different way. Um, I think Rosenbaum doing his Kevin Spacey impression as Deadshot is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I just love the Mission Impossible planning the heist, and then their interactions, like when they're when it's what is it? It's a Deadshot, and I can't remember who the bomb chick is plastique and Mm -hmm. green lantern walks in and they're both just like sitting there freaking out. And then he goes, Hey, I'd like Hawk girls autograph. Do you think you could get that for me? It's like, that's a cold blooded dig right there. This, this show. And I, this is why I said, like, I love me as a Rosenbaum. So Rosenbaum leaning into that sleazy Kevin Spacey dead shot just has me roll in this entire episode. And I, I just liked how the whole thing unfolded. Um, but that's just me. I, that, that, you know, I, I, I know it's a random pick, but that, that was mine. I, I, I mean, like, I'm, it's not a bad episode. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't scream to, to my list. Like even, even close. Uh, there are other flash episodes. I enjoy more, I think, uh, than that one. Um, but I get it. I get it. And I mean, I'm always here for more clocking. I love clocking a lot. So, yes. Um, all right. What else you got? Okay. So, so far, I no guess, crossover. I know. No crossover. This is going to be a long episode. All right. Yeah. Here, we might get into some of the stuff that you like. Uh, the greatest story never told. Uh, not on my list. Good night, son. What are we doing? I know. <laughs> I know. That, that one was hard to leave off. That one was hard to leave off. Booster Gold is one of those characters that like should be what Deadpool is for Marvel should be for the DC universe. Yeah. Like he is that character that could be meta and should be meta because he's from the future and knows all things. Um, So I just love this. Like he's actually saving the world, but because the justice league is fighting this other being, they have no idea what he's done. And the whole, um, squeaky wheel having um oh my gosh does jeremy piven playing <laughs> the elongated man i know I i'm know. a detective and i can stretch <laughs> i'm plastic man and batman in one <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> so it was it's just it was great i i, I loved this episode this Green Lantern, can I have your autograph? You know, it's it's so cool. It's and the voice acting by uh oh man, his name is escaping me. Tom Everett Scott. There you go. You know, the the drummer from, you know, um the Tom Hanks music movie that now I've been so proud. That thing you do, dude. I love that movie. It's just a soundtrack. And such a perfect casting and just amazing. And yeah, I think hit him in this that entire episode of the story behind the story that's really happening fantastic 
Well, you want to talk perfect voice casting. Billy West is the voice of, uh, of Skeets, which is Fry from Futurama. And that's just awesome. <laughs> so, so good. You know, here, here's, a, here's a bit of a tangent, but I, but I love it. Is So Hawk and Dove are played by the brothers from the Wonder Years. That's awesome. That's so good. And originally, Fred Savage was supposed to be Dove and the older brother, quote unquote, was supposed to be Hawk. Yeah. And it wasn't working. And the so two got, two actors said, "Hey, let's let's swap it and see what happens," and it worked perfectly. <laughs> well, it's, so, yeah, it, it's I don't know how that happened, but it worked. Yeah, but anyway, um, okay. So my last one, I'm I, at this point, I don't think we're gonna have any crossovers now. Uh-oh. Is uh, kid stuff? Okay, that's on my list. There we go. Yeah, that's on my list. That episode is amazing. <laughs> kid stuff is so good. <laughs> It makes no sense how no. that episode is so amazing. Not doesn't make a lick of sense. Not not one bit. And that's what's so great about it. So many great moments. And it also, like, this is one of those, like, you know, every one of my kids, when they've gotten into the show, this has been the episode they've watched every single day. Yep. And I've hated it and then loved it again and then hated it and loved it again. And it's just amazing. Like to see these four heroes become kids and even though they are themselves still being kids, you know, like, you know, (laughs) to an extent, I mean, they've definitely got, it's very evident they've become childlike, but they still have their memories of being an adult. Correct. So, all right. How about me and me and Cal will go this way and you and Green Lantern will do this. Okay. No, I changed my mind. I'll go with Bruce. You two go there. <laughs> What's with them? For a man who has dozens of different types of vision, you sure are blind. <laughs> right? I love. I also love adult Batman's line at the end where Wonder Woman's like, how did it feel to be a, it was nice to be a kid again. And he's like, I haven't been a kid since I was eight years old. And it's like, yeah. okay, Br- Bruce, stop. Yeah. <laughs> We pull, know. <laughs> pull, it, pull it down a little bit there, buddy. You're getting a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's also, you got baby Etrigan running around for some reason. <laughs> that, that's the, the, the biggest part of that. Of like, why is Etrigan a baby? Well, if you're gonna, it's, well you got to think is it's Justice League Unlimited. So the whole thing is supposed to be other characters than just the mains. And it's an episode about uh, uh, Mordred and Morgan Le Fay. So he was the only, like, other than Dr. Fate, who would not work in this episode, he was the only character they had introduced that was magical uh, in the show. I get that, but why is he a baby? Because he was part of the whole thing where they turned all the adults into kids. They only turned four adults into kids and Etrigan wasn't there. It's it's, it's Etrigan. (laughs) It's Etrigan the demon. Let's let's not try to inject too much logic into this because he kind of breaks all the rules anyway. Yeah. Bon bon dum form a man. Now I have to go party as Etrigan. <laughs> That's such a great episode. It, it it's a very good episode. It will make you laugh a lot. Um it's it's also it's just so stupid and clever. <laughs> it's a very yes. good episode. It's not a race. You know, just the yeah. little things here and there. It's it's amazing. Yeah. So, yes. It's a great. It's it's early on in season 1 too, so it was a chance to just have some fun. 
with a show yeah. that could get pretty serious. Oh, yeah. It gets more and more intense as it goes along. Oh, yeah, it does. All right. What's yours then? You got four to talk about. Go. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting intense. So uh, so my next week, so kids stuff was on my list. My next one is an episode called Clash from season two. Yes. This is the this now keep in mind, this is before the whole battle between Marvel and DC happened and they permanently changed the name of Captain Marvel to Shazam. So in the episode, he's still called Captain Marvel, but this is the episode that uh, introduces him and removes him <laughs> in Justice League uh, Unlimited. Um, this is the one where Lex Luthor announces he's going to run for president. Captain Marvel joins the Justice League. He's very much a child and is just walking through the watchtower like, hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, 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 finger guns, finger guns, finger guns. Um, and Superman, Superman in particular just does not like him and i think a lot of it and I, th I think there's a line about this too where they're basically just kind of like he doesn't he says he doesn't like captain marvel and everyone else is just kind of like why because he's you <laughs> like he's he's you dude um and there's uh there's a moment where you know captain marvel kind of seems to endorse uh, uh luther as for running for president which doesn't sit well with the league but ultimately what makes this episode so cool is the fight between shazam and superman um because because shazam kicks his ass Sh yeah. shazam kicks superman's ass in this episode <laughs> oh it's so good and it's also that whole like uh, i'm trying to think like outing them which he does at the end of the episode for yeah. not being what he what he thought they would be or who yeah. they would be and confirming you know just kind of you know that's what batman's been saying is like what are we doing here what's happening like this is not right so yeah. it's 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 awesome it's it great well, especially because there's that you know he's he's like you know look look i'm not because Superman tries to apologize and he's like, look, you were right. We were wrong. And, and, and Captain Marvel's basically just like, yeah, you were, that's not what, this is not what I signed up for. Like I signed up to be a hero. I like being a hero. You guys aren't heroes anymore. You're basically police. Um, and then, but even Batman still even gets the last word in with Superman when he's like, you know, they like you, you walked right into what you did, what they wanted you to do. Like, like Captain Marvel's right. Like get over yourself. Yeah, and that's kind time. of the message of this. Yeah, and uh, but I also did like. I'm trying to remember. Is this is this or young Young Justice is when Batman knows how old he is, right? That's not this. Yeah, one. Young Justice is the one in in this because in this episode is where it gets revealed. Um, in Young Justice, they know about it and they lead to that whole discussion about having a child being in the league. Um, in this one, because in in this episode part of what's got Shazam kicking Superman's ass is he keeps saying Shazam while holding Superman on top of him and hitting him with the magic lightning, which fucks Superman up. Um, and then Superman let moves him around. He gets hit and turns into a kid. And I think that it, it's not really a big point, but that's kind of where they find out. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, but I, but I do love the, <laughs> hey, I've built this new city. Oh, crap. We destroyed it fighting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, but also because it, it, it deals with the fact that super, when it comes to Lex Luthor, Superman is just so hyper-focused that even at times where it looks like Lex Luthor is doing the right thing, 
um, Superman just can't believe it and winds up making himself look like an ass. Yeah, big time. Big so. time. All right. Okay. So the next one on my list is a two-parter. Uh, it's the once in future thing. Yes. Was on the cuffs. On the cusp. Yeah. Uh, I, I love you. I love you some good time travel. I love a good time travel story. Yes. And this is a cool one because we get some Wild West and we get some future. And that's fun. Yeah. I think had this been both parts in the future, I would have liked it a heck of a lot more. I, I like it very much. I think it's a solid episode. But the Wild West one is kind of like, eh. <laughs> it's, it's And that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier was like some of these, it's, you know, like like part one in the Wild West is fine. It's it's okay. It's part two where where this thing really shines. Um, part, part two is awesome. But part one's neat because there's just some nice little um, uh, DC Easter eggs. You know, Jonah Hex is in there um el diablo is in there there's just it's 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 cool seeing uh green lantern and wonder woman and, and bruce wayne just being cowboys for a little bit um it's a it's it, it's a neat story part two when they're in the future is where it it gets really cool <laughs> um because we get because we get some batman beyond goodness uh in, yes. in this um we get one of my favorite moments which is old man Bruce Wayne and, and, and young Batman staring each other down and uh, Terry McGinnis walks up and goes, Batman, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, Batman, or do you guys know each other? Yeah. And the, the older Batman, I have no memory of this. Something must be wrong. Yeah. You know, or, and or, then you know, Batman's holding a guy over the edge of a building and Bruce Wayne's like, God, like, I can't believe I was ever this nice. And like, we don't see what old man Bruce Wayne does to interrogate the guy. Like whatever it is, that's how dark it is. Cause we don't see what happens. Who is voiced by Michael Rosenbaum. That, 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 well, the guy that, that he's interrogating. Yeah. That is Michael oh. Rosenbaum. I you were about to see old man Bruce Wayne. I was like, no, no, Matt, no. we need to have a conversation. No, it's him doing imitation of the guy from Science of the Lambs, who was also in Monk. I can't remember his name at the moment. Oh, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Levine. I can't remember. His yeah. Name. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, it's that that the old man static is great. Oh, and then so good. This does have one of my favorite moments when when John Stewart turns into Hal Jordan. Oh all yeah. The time is missing. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm Hal Jordan. I'm up to speed. Don't worry about it. And they just keep yeah. going. <laughs> just, just like, I got it. We're good. Just move on. <laughs> we don't have, it's a 30 minute episode guys. We don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but cause we also get to see Warhawk, who we met in Batman beyond as, as the uh, child, which is now confirmed because it was not confirmed to Batman beyond. Um, but we know yeah. now that in this version, Warhawk is the son of green lantern, John Stewart. And, hawk girl um yeah because their relationship had been alluded to at this point in the show several times um and uh it's it's just it's a cool it's a cool way of roping everything together but also like this episode gets dark like yeah like terry mcginnis dies terry mcginnis dies so does static he gets pulled into the time thing um no actually going back to the warhog thing um, they had already had their relationship and they were broken up at the time because all through Justice League Unlimited, oh, Vixen right. and Green Lantern are together. 
That's right. So yeah. That's why you get that whole, yeah. Who do you think my mother is? <laughs> uh, well, that comes back to play later in another episode. That's not on my list. When uh hawk girl sits down with Batman and asks him to uh, tell her about, you know, her, her son. son, she wants to know about yeah. Warhawk. But yeah, no, it's 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 a cool episode because like uh, until the last couple of minutes, the Justice League fail. Yeah, like I said, like 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 when I say Terry McGinnis dies, he dies violently. Um, like it's not pretty. <laughs> he gets shot a lot and then electrocuted. <laughs> like like it's yeah. dark. Um, by Harley's yeah. granddaughters. Yeah, uh, voiced by Melissa Joan Hart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, a lot of great voice cast in this, guys. Um, but no, it's it's a cool episode. I love a good time travel episode, and this one was a lot of fun because unlike another episode in this show, which I'm it's not on my list, it actually did a really good job with the Batman Beyond stuff. Um, yeah, no, I'm not talking about uh, epilogue. Is not on my list. It, it right might now. be. It might be an honorable. Um, it's, it's not even an honorable for me. Um, I actually don't like that episode. I do not like what that episode suggests. I do not like the, uh, the MacGuffin of that episode at all. Um, all right. So, uh, my next one, I have two left. My next one, uh, I was actually a little surprised wasn't on yours. It is for the man who has everything. It was close. Yeah, it was close. Um, yeah, I think I'd seen that somewhere else like that story okay. it was there was like two or three of these episodes where i'm like we've done this already i don't know why we're doing this again well but, it's 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 an episode from it was it was a direct it was straight out of the comics correct. like this was a direct adaptation except what's the difference do you do you know no uh, no i don't it's uh wonder woman's not there it's robin oh yeah you're right you're it's right. Batman and Robin, but, but I, I thought it was really cool. Um, it's one of those, like, it's very good. It just wasn't, it's not what I revisit. And that's oh, what okay. I kind of did my list on this, this one. I mean, like this one is emotional, uh, for those who don't know what it is. So for the man who has everything is, it's, is an episode, it's, it's episode two in season one. Um, it's directly adapted from, uh, an issue by, from the Superman annual by Alan Moore, uh, but basically, it's Superman's birthday, and Batman and Wonder Woman show up to uh, celebrate with him. She brings him a present. Uh, Batman brings cash. Uh, because what do you get for the man who has everything? Let's give him some cash. Um, but what we find out is that a uh, Mongol has shown up and has uh, put him under the... Basically, he's he's hit him with this thing called the Black Mercy, which is this alien uh, plant that kind of grabs onto your body and just traps you in a fantasy world where like everything you could possibly want is true. And in Superman's world, he's back on Krypton with his family. And it's it's weird because it's a little mix of Earth and a little mix of Krypton because like he has a dog. Like his, he, there there's some there's there's some very human thi- very Earth human things happening because that's what Superman knows from growing up, mixed with what little he knows of Krypton. So it's actually kind of a neat little blend of both worlds. Um, but the whole premise is that like, we're seeing two stories. We're seeing Batman and Wonder Woman fighting Mongol and we're seeing Superman living in this fantasy world, having his perfect life, you know, with a wife and a son. And eventually when the flower, the black mercy gets ripped from his body, that goes away. And like Superman, cause Superman's kind of realizing this is a fake world. And like, it's, it's very sad. 
it's very emotional because like Superman, when he comes out of it, he beats the shit out of Mongol. Like, do you have any idea what you've taken from me? Like, do you do you realize what you've done to me? Because we see a little bit of it with Batman, because at one point it gets thrown onto Batman and he starts seeing like what if his dad fought off the mugger, right? Yes. Um, Yes. Which um, and it ends with the flower being thrown onto uh onto mongol. mongol and we don't see what mongol sees but i love wonder woman's line where she's like whatever he's seeing right now is too good for him and it's like yeah like that is that is so messed up to do actually if you if you turn your volume up you can hear screams and chaos oh so it's just it's he's just fantasizing about destroying shit correct uh, okay, I'm. A, I think I missed. It. It's been a bit since I've seen it, but uh, yeah. Um, this is this is it's interesting because this is a story that's been done many times. Even the live action Supergirl show did a version of this uh, for one episode. And while I'm not a big fan of the show, it was a very good episode because this this is kind of a hard story to mess up. It's you know if you if you just adapt it as closely as you can to what Alan Moore wrote, yeah, it's pretty hard to screw up. And if Justice League Unlimited can do it in a 22-minute animated episode. There's absolutely no reason why Supergirl couldn't do it in an hour-long live-action episode. And again, I think they actually did a pretty good job. Um, but like the emotional weight this this episode carries really hits me every time. It's it's very good. Well, and what it reminds me of, are you a Star Trek fan? Big Star Trek fan. That episode... Oh, don't, don't say what I think you're about to say. Yeah, because I'm trying to decide if I can get through it without crying. It's inner light. About the inner light. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Star Trek The Next Generation has an episode called The Inner Light where Captain Picard is is put into a trance of some kind and, and lives, lives a man's entire life in like the span of an hour. And it's, oh, it's um, heavy. <laughs> it's so when he, heavy. When he plays that flute at the end, and you're like, oh. oh, you're killing me, Smalls. Oh. Yeah, that, I'm already tearing up. Let's talk about something else because I'm going to start okay. crying. Uh, well, I got, I got one episode left. I got one episode right. left on my That's list. Um, and I think this one's probably kind of a no-brainer. Uh, it's This Little Piggy. It's it, right there. It was yeah. right there. I couldn't. <laughs> it's, it's such a and, 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 and I'm going to be 100% honest. Part of the reason it's on my list is probably because we just lost Kevin Conroy. Yes. Uh, but. It's even before he died. This was one of my favorite episodes. Like anytime I rewatch the show, I get so excited when this episode comes up because I, this has some of my favorite Batman dialogue. This is some of my favorite comedic moments. And Kevin Conroy singing at the end is, is beautiful and amazing and is incredible. Um, so yeah, so this is the story. If you couldn't tell by time, this is the story that deals with Batman and wonder woman and they're debating being together. She gets turned into a pig in order to save her. Batman has to sing. Am I blue? And it's incredible and perfect. Um, it's, it's an episode that's very funny. It's an episode that's very emotional. Um, it's got some of my favorite Batman dialogue, that particular speech where he's like, first of all, dating within the league always leads to disaster. Second of all, you're a warrior princess from a, from a, you're an immortal warrior princess and I'm a rich kid with issues, lots of issues. It's a great line. It's a fantastic line. And Kevin Conroy singing in my blue at the end is it's just the icing on the cake. It's the icing on the cake. Um, so yeah, like again, 
Do I think that maybe part of the reason this is on my list is because Kevin Conway recently passed away? 100%. Would it have been on my list regardless? Probably. <laughs> it's probably going to be on the list because it's very good. Uh, we even see Buona Beast, who is one of the most ridiculous DC characters that ever exist. So ridiculous that in Brave and the Bold, they don't shy away from how weird he is and commenting on how weird he is and yet still give him a hero's death at the end. And it's fantastic. Um, so to see him pop up in this, just, just for the sole purpose of hitting on Zatanna, which I totally get, um, <laughs> is just, yeah. it's wonderful. I, I think this is where I have to go. Like, this is where it loses me. The moment wonder pig deflects the bullets. I was out. I was like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I could follow you guys it. on a lot of stuff. No, I'm out. Like when they do go through the whole pig process, I was just like, okay, okay. I get it, but they had to fill 22 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had to fill time. I get it. I really do hey, get it. I still love it. The the more horrifying but more on point version would have been her going through the machine with everybody and coming out the other side unscathed. I was I was just thinking that I was like she jams the machine with the bracelets or something like yeah there were other things she could have done but that would have been very very morbid <laughs> it would have been dark but I feel but like yes. they probably tossed that idea around and they were like hey, let's not guys um, yeah. it's, it's just it's very I really I really like this episode I really also the fact they have Rachel York um, playing Cersei. Um, Cersei, who get who's a very talented singer and she gets to sing Lulu's back in town is is a great moment. But yeah, yeah um Kevin Conroy singing in my blue is mwah, sprinkles. Yes. Sprinkles yeah. on a cupcake, baby. That's all that is. It's it's very good. Do you have any um, honorable yeah. mentions? Yeah, uh, I got a few. Um let's go to yours first. Um this little pig was on there. Um the other one you mentioned, um the one before Destroyer. When they when it now you're just following the the Legion of Doom as they're going out in space to to oh, really yeah. constitute um, Brainiac and come to find out it's been Dark Side the whole time. Yeah, um, I like epilogues. One of those that I agree with you. I completely do not like what they did to Terry McGinnis in that episode, mm. but I completely love what Waller is talking about with Batman and the story she tells about him. So it's kind of this, that's why it couldn't be on my list. Cause I was like, I don't like that. Terry McGinnis is essentially a DNA son of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Stupid no, as that, crap. Doesn't, that doesn't jive with me even a little bit. I'm like, yeah. no, there's the implications of that, especially if you're a Batman beyond fan, the implications are far more just chaotic than the show alludes to um, it also just the idea of, so in order to have a Batman, you need to have Bruce Wayne's DNA and you'd have his parents get murdered. It's like, that doesn't guarantee a goddamn thing. Yeah. It does yeah. not guarantee. It's not a magic ritual that like, if you have a plus B, you're going to get C like, that's not how that works. That's not how the human psyche works. <laughs> like, because, okay, cool. So you killed his parents. Where is he going to get the bat suit? <laughs> where's yeah. he gonna get the batman stuff from like it's just it it it's yeah it's too ridiculous but or just clone him why did you have to put yeah. his DNA, like that i'm not like this is it was yeah so that part of it i don't like but what she's 
getting at I enjoyed. Well, you know I appreciated I, mean? I appreciated that Paul Dini wanted to give Batman Beyond the finale it never got. I yeah. I appreciate especially after the Once in the Future thing. I appreciate that and I understand that like Batman Beyond was one of his babies and that you know just didn't land the way he wanted it to. This but if if this was the finale they were always building towards to begin with, not on board. Not not even a little bit on board. I think it makes far more sense for it to be a serendipity kind of thing where it's like, no, it's just another person who has who, you know, like like the idea that Batman is more than just a person. Because that's that's what this what epilogue does is it indicates Batman's just a person. It can only ever be Bruce Wayne. It's like, no, Batman can be an ideal. Like Batman was meant to inspire other people to fight up against injustice. I like that version more than eh, it's a clone. Yeah. I didn't need that. No. Um, any other honorable mentions? Um, I don't think so. I think that, Oh, I don't go back to it as much, mm-hmm. but I'm fascinated with the, like getting into the idea that the flash could be more if he wanted to be, so the episode where him and Orion go back to oh, city and, yeah. and Orion watches him interact with his villains. And he's just like, I don't understand that's, what's happening. That's one of my honorable mentions, flash and substance um, specifically for the moment with him and the trickster. Cause yes. they bring back Mark Hamill to voice the trickster, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, who, Cause for those who don't know, Mark Hamill played the trickster live action in the live action flash series from the nineties, which had all of like 10 episodes because it was not good, um, but he was good. And this is before he got cast as the Joker too, which is because it's very similar. And then he, Mark Hamill would then come back to play the trickster, several different versions of him in the CW flash show, which was basically the closest thing to a live action Joker we ever got. Cause it was amazing. Um, and him voicing the trickster in this episode of JLU was was great because the scene itself is very good. Yes. Not just and the scene with him and the trickster, but like seeing that like like we because we have Captain Cold Mirror Master and like Captain Boomerang just sitting at the bar drinking and like Captain Cold's like, ah, I'm on this new blood pressure medication. I was like, ah, I gotta get home to the wife. Like it's just them just having lives. And, yeah. and which is great. And then like the thing with the trickster where the flash yeah. treats his villains different than any other hero. Yeah. Cause he doesn't just go arrest the trickster. He goes, Marvin. Yeah. Did you forget to take your medication again? Oh, I don't like the way they make me feel right. But we talked about this. You need to take that. Yeah, you're right. Flash. All right, Marvin, I'm going to go, but Hey, remember to go turn yourself in when you're done with your drink. You got it. Flash. Yeah. 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 It, 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 Cause that also touches back to like the interaction he has with the ultra humanite yeah. in um, joining Christmas Com- episode. Yeah. The Christmas yeah. episode of like, yeah, he doesn't have to beat down his, his villains to win. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's another good one, especially having Orion as the, the juxtaposed <laughs> Klingon warrior yeah. who's watching the flesh do this stuff. <laughs> I, think, I think it's Ron Perlman too, is the voice of, yes. uh, Ryan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he is. So good, so, so good. Um, yeah, I had that one. I um um, great brain robbery was one of my honorable mentions. Um, I think those were the kind of the two, the two big ones I had. Uh, double date, I think was yeah, double date was one of mine. 
Um, there's a lot of really good episodes in JLU, honestly. Like, it's kind of hard to find a bad one. Yeah, when it gets away from being, when they start, I, I like that every season is all the various characters, but the finales always just bring back the original seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Like, because even Destroyer, as far as the finale goes, like, it's it's fine. I feel like they were planning on getting one more season, though. I don't know. No, I think so. From my understanding, they didn't know they were getting a second season of Justice League Unlimited. Okay. And then so that's why that that, you know, the uh, epilogue is called epilogue and why it's supposed to be the cap. Right. Because they had because they, they, they ended season one with the ones in future thing and then season two was such a huge hit that they did epilogue because they were like okay well we're definitely done now right there's no way we're going to do, do more of this yeah. and they do more and that's where you get that the the legion of doom thing and all yeah. that stuff so no it it um yeah no it's it's just kind of a weird it's a weird way that they just kept having to come back and continue this story even though they thought they were done so yeah. um but no i i think the yeah, there isn't a bad episode, but I did like how they, like I said, they, they kind of play with the other characters and then bring it back in and then they go back and forth and it's, it's, it's a phenomenal show. Yeah. And like as much as Marvel has done great with their live action, I would love to see them do a cartoon of this caliber. Yeah, because none of the Marvel animated shows, they've tried. They've tried so many times to do like Avenger series, and they've never been very good. Well, it's um, like, what's it called? I really like Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, Ultimate Spider-Man is great. Ultimate Spider-Man is amazing. Yeah, but like <clears throat> Avengers Earth Spidey as Heroes, it just had bad timing. Yeah. Because that show starts, the Avengers go buck wild, and they're like, okay, we have to reboot this and make the show match our movies. Um, But I wasn't the super biggest fan. I thought the problem with that show is it just went way too freaking fast. Oh yeah. Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes is, is so fast paced. It's like, I remember watching it when I tried to watch it the first time on like Disney plus or something. And like, this is literally how they go and try to recruit Thor, which is Nick Fury and Tony Stark show up on this ship and they go, Hey Thor, listen, uh, we're looking at putting together, putting a team together. What do you say? And I was like, that's it. That, that's your pitch. That's your pitch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, sure. And then, and then you don't get to breathe with a single roster of the team because it's like yeah. every other episode, there's a new team member. It's just like, good night guys. Yeah. Like, breathe with seven and then bring in other people. It, and then the, the I prefer the second season because they did some crazy stuff in the second season. Um, but anyway, we're getting off topic. And I know that's another, that's the, another, the that's another episode podcast. Yeah. That's a, that's another episode that'll never happen. Cause that's not this show, but uh, <laughs> yeah, guys, those are our, those are our picks for some of the best episodes in justice league unlimited. Uh, if you guys, I'm sure you guys have some of your own favorites that we didn't cover. We'd love to hear what those are. So if you go to our Twitter at we are the Batman, you can check out our pinned tweet where we've got a link to our Google form. You can fill it out, send in questions, comments, criticisms, episode ideas, anything you guys want to say to us, you can send it to us there. Matt, where else can they get in touch with us? If you go to uh, our face, my Facebook group, www.facebook.com slash group slash fanboy junction with the K, you can ask me about anything 
we talk about on the show, give ideas the whole nine yards. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Mike Shea. And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. J Ninja. I love it when you come at me. So come bring some hate or some joy. doesn't matter either way. Whatever it is, guys. And, and with that being said, we'll, we'll see you guys next time on another episode of We Are the Batman. Same bat time, same bat podcast channel. Bye-bye.